Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are. And I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story. I'm Nick Pomeroy, and this is my story. All right, everybody, we are here with Nick Pomeroy. And Nick and his wife, April, are, uh, they've become a real a big part of our ministry here at Grace. They, uh, they do a great job helping with our children. And, um, and people who help with your children are like gold, man. So thank you all for everything you've done there. Um, but Nick, they're, they're just interesting people. They've got a lot of things going that are, um, I don't know, not, not your average everyday kind of person does the kind of things that they do. Like your wife does a ministry in Africa. She runs a coffee shop and you run a business um, for farm equipment. Now, that has always interested me about you because I never, when I first met you, I would have never guessed that you were in a business that sold and, and dealt in farm equipment. Are you a farmer? Did you know about all this stuff when you got into this? Tell us a little bit about your journey with this business. So first off, I think the word you were looking for is crazy. Uh, we're crazy <laughs> people. Um, it takes a certain level of craziness to do the, the things that we do. Um, and second off, you know, my wife is the true angel in this. You know, she's the one who has the ministry and I just do the best I can to support her. Um, she she's really got a heart for for serving and she's pretty awesome so for me farm equipment kind of started i guess as early as i can remember just playing with farm tractors i was always interested in the machinery the big machines the tilling the dirt you know cutting right. wheat and all that you know my grandparents both sides were into farming to, to a certain degree and and so spending the summers there and and helping out you know as soon as i was old enough to to you know not even old enough but as soon as i was old enough to drive a truck kind of get involved with that but at some point, it dawned on me that probably farming wasn't going to be a profitable venture just because I wasn't really born into a, to a large operation and I didn't marry into one. Right. Um, so therefore, it it kind of uh, kind of lends itself to I just kind of went towards the direction of the equipment, which is my true passion anyway. I just love tractors. You know, if anybody who knows me or spends much time with me, we're probably going to end up talking about tractors. So that's and, how we kind of got here. You've always been that way. I've basically always been that way. Um, I've just, I love machinery things. I, I actually, most of my career, I've, I've been a mechanic and I've worked on these okay. things. And um, it wasn't, you know, it was probably t 10, 12 years of, of fixing uh, equipment before I kind of started progressing up into other avenues. When we opened the dealership was my first experience with selling the equipment. So that's that's right. relatively new to me. But yeah, I've, I've always been interested in tractors and, and farm equipment and mowers and just, m you know, mechanical things. Right. And you do... Like lawnmowers, I think those zero turn lawnmowers are really cool. Yeah, do you do you get out on those and pop wheelies and like drive them around and stuff, test them out? I believe my lawyer said it. No, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's we, what I would be doing out there we, all the time. We we have way too much fun, and this is where my wife likes to <laughs> rein me back in. You know, because uh, we have way too much fun with this equipment. Mm -hmm. I enjoy driving it, and yes, we uh, not. I've never popped a wheelie. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How fast do those things go? That your top end one, you know, fast? thirteen miles an hour. Oh, that's it. That's it. But believe it or not, that's pretty quick on a on a yeah. zero turn. And, and the I think what's impressive about them is the amount of torque. And, you know, okay. it used to be, you know, a big lawnmower is like a 25 horsepower. Right. Now we're pushing 40, right? Uh, so, and the, yeah. the amount of torque and, you know, it, it's it's pretty impressive. And a lot of fun, you know, oh, yeah. we, we really enjoy ourselves. Very cool. Very cool. So, it has not been the most direct route for you. What what age were you when you got into this business? So, I guess, you know, I did the farming a little bit in, in school, and I went to, after after high school, you know, college, and I had some, you know, hiccups, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but yeah. I kind of got into some some uh, some situations where college wasn't really an option, <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of went towards the, the, the equipment business maybe when I was like 19. I was working for my dad, and, and you know... Uh, that didn't really pan out uh, for various reasons. Uh, me, really, <laughs> I'm the reason. <laughs> but anyway, that didn't really work out, and so I I jumped into the actually started out washing tractors, right? Because I didn't have any experience. So so I was probably about eighteen, nineteen when I started into this business. Yeah, you know? right. Um, you, you, it wasn't the most direct route. You ended up getting in some trouble. Um, you ended up becoming introduced to drugs and and they kind of got a hold of you so talk a little bit about when did you first experiment with drugs and what was that what was that journey like oh man so I think it would probably be I guess I'd have been 15 you know still in high school you know that's you, you that's when you're experimenting with different things and and you know tried smoking weed you know and that's kind of where it started and then it it just kind of for, for me, it kind of spiraled out of control, and within a year or so, I was already beginning to get in trouble. You know, I had some issues with, with law enforcement even as a minor, mm. and it just kind of, you know, continued throughout throughout most of my adult life. Yeah. Um, when did you, did you ever realize along that way that it had a hold of you? Yeah. Um, so for me, it was, you know, it, it started with, you know, maybe what we would be considered less hard drugs, right? You know, um, and it quickly pro- progressed to, you know, meth. Um, right. And it really, really took a hold on me um, pretty much right off the bat. But there's a progression, and I think anybody probably goes through the same progression of, of first off, you know, realizing it's a problem. You know, for the first few years, it wasn't a problem. I was just having fun. I was a young child, you know, I mean, 19, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I started making these promises with myself, like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do this until the end of the new year. And yeah. I, once I turn 21, I'm done. Right. And it, you only have to fail so many of those promises before you start to think that this could be a bit of an issue. Um, and you know, I think where it really began to shine is when the, the major trouble started happening. And I still was unable to turn loose of, of the drugs, you know. Did you did you exhibit the kind of behaviors that, that sometimes we hear about, like, uh, like uh, you know, I, bugging your family about money, um, you know, th- those kinds of things? Did you just turn into a whole different person? You know, yes and no. Um, and, and that's the thing. Not everybody... You know, when I say meth addict, not everybody looks like, you know, the stereotypical meth addict. But, yes, I was a mess. And, yes, you know, I think what I 
where I really bugged my family was was not so much for the drugs, but I spent the money that I had on drugs. So then right. I was like, well, I got to have money to pay the truck payment, or, or you know, you get your you get your mother to co-sign a loan when you're 18, and and you know, you you make really good money, or at least you know, good money for that age, and mm-hmm. still can't pay your truck payment. So then you got to get helped out of that situation, and so I, th- I think yes, I mean, I, to to your point, I, I was definitely a burden on family, and yeah, I. I wasn't a very good person, you know. Mm-hmm. There, I did a lot of things that, that hurt a lot of people, um, family, friends, people I didn't even know. I, I, I it kind of comes with the territory, but you know, that's the truth. Is it's I wasn't a good person for a long time at all. Yeah. Did you did you hit? You always hear about this kind of proverbial rock bottom. What was rock bottom for you? So, and. <laughs> it's it's funny, and I, I think this transition happens with a lot of folks. Um, you feel like you you've hit rock bottom maybe a couple times before you actually do. Okay. Um, so I guess it would be, man, I'd probably been maybe twenty seven, twenty eight when I first started getting in real trouble. Um, I, ha- I was given a golden opportunity to get out of trouble. It was it was a diversion for a felony that I had picked up, along with some other charges. But I had a felony, and that was the first felony. And I had this golden opportunity to diversion, and I I couldn't even make it the first week passing a, the first drug test. Right, mm-hmm. you know that's part of the diversion program is you had to pass a drug test. I couldn't even make it the first week, and so immediately, I you know you, you went through a lot of hoops to get on the diversion, and I burned it up like that. It mm-hmm. it just speaks to the powerlessness, but. Um, so for, for me, um, yeah, it, it, that was kind of the first, oh no moment. Right. Um, there was a few others though, that felt like rock, rock bottom, but the true rock bottom was, I guess about five years ago. Um, I was married at the time, you know, um, and that was rock bottom when, when, I mean, just bluntly, my wife caught me using again. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten to a point where I was so spiritually and emotionally and just physically broken mm-hmm. that I had prayed. I just, I couldn't stop on my own. I've never been that guy. And so, so I just, I prayed out. I just wanted to be stopped. I, you reach a point at which you, you just expect to die an addict, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you reach a point where kind of this point of no return and you lose all hope. Right. And it's just, you're crushed. Mm. Um, and you're just bankrupt. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly taxing on someone when you get to that point and you don't know how to escape the situation. Um, but you're just, I mean, you're just broken. And, and so I, I mean, I, I would pray and, at first, it was like I would try to find an easy way out. I always wanted the easy way out. I always wanted to do it myself. You know, I always thought if maybe if I just do it this way, right? Or maybe if I just go this way, or I'll 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 stop doing that, or I'll stay away from this. Or I always thought that I could find what they what a lot of times is referred to as an easier, or softer way. And it got to a point where I didn't even care if it was easier and softer. Mm-hmm. I didn't care how hard it was. I honestly didn't care if I went back to prison. Um, I had to find a way to stop and it wasn't on my own and I was unable I I got so good at at being a liar I guess that that I was unable to even reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Um I was so you know and you know wrapped up in this idea of keeping this this front, right? So I was a chameleon, you know, I was 
I was trying to keep this front up for everybody around me that they could see that I still had it together, you know, I had a job, you know, everything was good. And um, I was so wrapped up in the idea of, of keeping that face, keeping that, that lie alive, that I was unable to reach out for help. I mean, but it got to a point I was just like, I think I accepted the fact that you know, my life would come crumbling down and I would die an addict. I, I really do. I, it got that bad. And then your wife, who I'm sure um, at some point when y'all met and y'all knew that you were in love with each other, did you think that that was your way out, that that was kind of your salvation from this? Well, so, you know, and, and there's been periods throughout my life where I've, I've had some time, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get out of prison, I, I, I had some time. Right. You know, I did some things right for, yeah. for, for short periods of time. And so one of, the, one of the first things, it was, I think, my wife and I's second date, uh, I told her the whole thing. I told her the whole situation. And I even told her, like, you know, be careful, you know, because I know me, right? And, but... I, yeah, we'd had that discussion, but I don't know that I ever truly thought that it would that we would come full circle back to that point. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. You thought you were good. I, I yes, cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I think would be a better word, but uh, but yeah, you, you think you've you've gotten an, far enough along, but the truth is, anytime you start thinking you're doing it yourself, is when you fail. So, did you did you grow up in a family of faith? Did y'all go to church and things like that? <laughs> yeah, so I guess yes and no. Um, I knew of God. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in a Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some years where we did really good, and some years it was Christmas and Easter. You mm-hmm. know, I knew of God, um, but I did not know God. Okay, I, I had no relationship. When did that change? When did you When did you come to see that Jesus was it was the answer for you? So I think, and for me, it it was kind of a, a process, right? At some point along the way, I realized that, that I was incapable. I had failed enough times on my own that I, I had, you know, and, and there's so many times when when I prayed out and I was like, you know, if you'll just get me out of this mess, the old foxhole prayer, if you'll just get me out of this, this one situation, I'll change. And I think, I think God knew that, that I wasn't going to change and I wasn't. So, um, but at some point along the way, I come to my understanding that I didn't have the power. I didn't have the ability. I, I was going to go to the grave using, using drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I started to build a relationship, and it's kind of like you can watch the, the, the trend. is like when I'm walking with God, life is a lot better, right? You know, yeah. when, you, when, you're, when you're walking with God, life gets so much better. And for me, uh, but I think when, it, when I really knew was when, it, when I hit rock bottom, and, and I, I didn't have a choice. You know, it, I, I couldn't do it on my own, and I, I began to, to put my faith in, in, in God who I didn't really know. Um, I'm still learning a lot about, <laughs> right. um, but I began to put my faith in God and, and, and rely on him hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I would not be sitting here today if it, if it weren't for, for just complete reliance, uh, you know, early on and, and still to this day. But when, when you're first trying 
to to get off to get clean it is incredibly hard especially i think all drugs are really hard i'm sure some are worse than others but for me it was a man i bet i prayed 200 times a day just just please remove this this craving just let me have five more minutes Mm -hmm. i uh i think the people who have the most true walk with jesus are the people who realize that he is not just here to save your soul he's here to save your life i i would agree with that and and to be honest with you uh for me i think at the time i could care less about the soul i just wanted a life you know at the time it was it was more about can you save my life yeah yeah um man what an incredible story and now you're you're five years removed Mm -hmm. from drug use do you still think about it yeah yeah from time to time um Mm -hmm. it and you can usually follow a track record of of are you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing but yeah from time to time but it's like fleeting thoughts it's like yeah what what I what I see is I see so many people around me that struggle with this, mm-hmm. and and you you look at you know the longer I'm removed the harder it is to relate but it's important to relate with those people yeah um, but I see it you know I live in a community where there's plenty of drug use and oh, yeah. you can look around any corner and and see um, the effects of it and it's not hard to spot when you've been down that road right so do I think about it yes but it's not like it's it's not cravings it's like you, you almost you, you wish you had the answer, you know. Yeah, but um, your your relationship with your wife through this, you know, there was obviously a time where there was some trust lost. Um, how how was that trust regained? There's really only one way trust is, I think, you ever regained, and that's time. Yeah, it's not a light switch. I, I mm. crushed her. I, I I crushed my wife. Um, but the truth is, it, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time and doing the right things, and it's not easy. It's it's a it's a messy process. It's an ugly process, and if you try to rush it, it's not real. You know, um, it's it, and I, I mean, I, it's and some of those wounds may never heal. You know, yeah. but we've been fortunate enough to to keep on moving forward. We have an amazing son, a son who has never seen me high, and that's important to me. Um, you know, we we just keep pushing forward, and 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 our relationship has definitely changed. Um, yeah. But time heals, you know. Yeah. And doing the right thing matters. You know, it's Absolutely. that's what matters. Is you know, time is fine, but you know, where where are you at? You know, that from day to day. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and having a child, I'm sure, makes a difference for you because there's something about a child that makes you want to be at your best. There is, but but you really have to be careful um, for for any addict. Anytime you think that mm. something is going to prevent you from going back out, you will lose that thing, yeah. uh, whether it be a child or a wife. Or and I like see I've lived that. So yeah. um, anything you put before um, before you know recovery is is, is going to uh, is going to be lost. Mm. Um, so. So, uh, yeah, it's it, child. I love, you know, Toby's awesome. I love Toby to death. But the truth is he, he's, uh, you know, I've got to be very careful because yeah. I, I've seen so many people 
that have lost their kids and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's it's I, it's just a great thing to to have a child that that looks up to you and 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 be able to live a life um, that I can be proud of. You're you're now somewhat removed from that. You you're by all measures, all accounts, you're a success. You you're in a strong marriage. You're a dad. You have a business that is successful. People kind of look to you now. Did you ever think that you'd be living that reality? I'm actually thinking about people look to me. <laughs> so um, I guess, I'm looking to you now. I mean, it's a, you know, it's awesome. No, I I honestly thought this. Like I say, you get to this point of hopelessness, and you believe all those positive outcomes are no longer for you. You know, mm. or you think your 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 ceiling has been lowered. Yeah. You know, you you think when you try to go out in the world and get a job with a felony, um, and I remember getting out of prison and trying to look for a job with a felony, it's, it's not easy. So you begin to accept that, that your limit has been lowered, right? Like you, you no longer is the sky the limit, maybe now like the, the ceiling is, right? Um, you accept that, and that's, that's a lie. That's a lie that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I found all along the way people have been put in my life that – that have encouraged me and, and, you know, shared that with me. But, you know, we are blessed, man. I just can't even think every day. I just wake up and think for all the struggles, for all the challenges, for all of my failures. I mean, I'm still on a daily basis. I, I, I fail in so many areas of my life. I'm not always a great husband. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not always the best dad. You know, there, there are so many things that, that I fail out, but every single day is a blessing. And it, and when I keep that gratitude, it, uh, go, it goes a long way. What a, last question. What does the what does the grace of God mean to you? After all you've experienced, after <laughs> being at the bottom, what does it mean that you know God and that He reached down to you? To to me, it's it's imperative. You know, it it is it's not easy to walk in, you know, to church or just into a relationship with God coming from such an ugly place. Mm-hmm. You know, coming ugly person you know god doesn't see us like that but i was broken i was ugly i'd done lots and lots of horrible things i you know i so to know that it's that that he accepts me as i am um and see you know it's it's amazing like if, if it wasn't that way it wouldn't work right right yeah man incredible story and um Thank you for having the honesty to share it with us. There are so many people out there who are dealing with things like this, and they think God's done with them. They think that their life is over. You were there. And uh, what would you say to those people? You know, I think the biggest message that I can ever share with any addict who's still actively in, in the midst of things is just the hope. Mm-hmm. It can and will get better. It won't be easy. It will be hard. There are people that will help you. There, there are people God will put in your life to help you. Um, and, you know, somebody told me, you know, uh, just do the next right thing, right? Mm. Um, I'm here to help. You know, there, I know lots of people that, are, that would be glad to help you in your story. Um, but it, it does get better, and there is hope. And, and that's, I think, probably the, the, the paramount part of this entire thing is that, that it, I, no matter how far down you've gone, there's always a way up, yeah. always a way up. 
Great message of hope, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Thanks for being real about it. And uh, I think God's going to use it in a big way. Appreciate you, Nick. Yep. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.